Again, I've got 25 minutes to do a preach, which is not my strong suit. Uh, it's not my best, and especially when the Lord comes and He kind of puts something in your heart. When you have kind of a, there's something in my heart that's excited about this word. So whenever you get a bit of an excitement about a word like this, it's, you struggle to keep it down to, to 25 minutes. So if I go over my time, Inari is going to switch off the laptop and everything. It's just going to start backing up. Stefan's going to put down the sound. So we've got contingency plans in place for this. Alright, I was in this wonderful position this week and you guys are asking me the whole morning when I'm going to talk about it. I actually wanted to show you guys a video and for the life of me, normally you can download videos from your WhatsApp, but this morning, I tried the entire morning and I couldn't download it. I wanted to show you guys the, the concert that, that we attended on Friday afternoon. Alvika, you guys were there and because the Lord just spoke to me in that time. They had uh, for the whole week they had a workshop. Uh, there was four different kinds of, of dancing. It was ballet, modern dancing, hip hop. What is your any gymnastic? Gymnastic. And so they did this four different and then they had four days of preparing different things. And then it was about 25 kids. How many was there? There was a lot of kids, but it was. And I was looking, and we were sitting, and they had this opportunity to see the, the fruit of their labor as all the parents got to sit there and watch this concert. And man, the Lord was speaking through me through with this concert just about God's heart, God's design when it comes to us doing church together. And so I want to, I'm going to run through some scriptures with you guys this morning. So we're going to do it quite quickly. But I want to land on God's heart when it comes to this thing. Because at the end of the day, there's going to come a time when we're going to have a concert. Paul says about that. He says in the Bible, I'm going to present you to the Father. So there's going to be a time when you and I, we're going to be all together on that stage and we're going to have like a concert. Uh, and uh, it's... Uh, it, it's, it's, sometimes it's quite daunting. I remember Linka during the course of the week, you know, you want to have your steps right, you want to have the thing, you want to be in synchronization with the rest of everybody, and we're going to get to that just now. Um, but there's a dance, and there's a concert coming. What's God's heart? God's heart is that everybody participates in this concert. He wants everybody. He doesn't just want 5, 25 kids or 30 kids. He wants everyone to be there. And it says in John 3, I've got my, I've got my John 3, especially for this verse. John 3, verse 16 says this. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a curious idea. Yeah, John 3, verse 16 says, God's heart is that everybody should participate in this, in this concert. And Jesus also says this. There's something in Jesus' heart. He, an 
God, we all read of, of this same instruction, the last thing that Jesus taught, the last instruction that He gave before He left us. We find that in Matthew and in all the other Gospels as well. He says this, Matthias, the next one, yes. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations who must be in this, in this concert. baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Now that's a very important part. God wants a concept. But it's, a, it's, a, it's going to sound strange now. I'm paraphrasing now. It's not what the Bible says. But this is basically. There's a, there's a standard at which God wants this, this concept to look like. His heart for this concept is... I don't want to just throw you all together there on a stage and everybody does their own little thing and this one goes, ah, da, da, da. There's something of the Lord that wants us to do this in His way and in His order and according to His will and His purposes. And so God puts us together and that thing that plays off in Matthew 25, when you go and make disciples, where does that happen? Where does the Linka had a four-day workshop? Where does our workshop for this concert happen? Yeah. And when I say yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> in the church. The, the, the first church in, in Acts 2, and I'm not going to read everything for you, you can put it up. Oh, I don't know what a good idea is, and I'll have more support. Look at me, look at me. Acts 2.42 talks about the very first church. And just quickly have a look there. They accepted the message, were baptized, and all 3,000 were added to that. That is where we have talked about. John 3 verse 16, God said out the water, all the Bible said, Jesus' instruction, go and make disciples of all the nations. That thing happened in Acts 2. And what happened is, is 3,000 people got saved in that day. And then suddenly there were 3,000 people from different backgrounds, different nationalities, because they were all people from, they were not all Jews, they were Gentiles, and there were people from Africa, and all over the place got together. And suddenly they were together. Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostle teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everybody was filled in the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And then all the believers, look at this concert, this is absolutely amazing what is happening here. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread together. That sounds like a workshop. That sounds like a workshop. And it's easy to talk about that. Because it's when it's there. There's a different scenario that happens. They don't talk about when Mark and Willem Mark is my go-to for all my examples. I forgot Mitzis bag. I'm going to use Mitzis this morning. So that does not contain the places where we rub shoulders against one another. When iron sharpens iron together. I don't see anything in there where you but the other Gospels does talk about, or the other letters Paul talks about where that. So in between all of that, 
There's also iron sharpening iron and life happening and we, we, we're doing life together. But God's heart, God's intention is that together, not on our own, but together, all the believers, together, we do life together. That's God's heart. That is what His, His, His intention for this, for this concert uh, goes off. And then, it's so interesting to me, what does God call that thing when He gets together, these people, this gathering of people, what does He call that? He calls it community of believers, He also calls it the church. It's the meeting, the gathering of the saints, it's called the church. And then in Ephesians 3, He says, what is His intent? With these, what happened in Acts 2.42, what is his intent with it? His intent was now that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be known to the, made known to the rulers and authority and the heavenly realms. So I want to ask you this. When we get together, when we fellowship, when we sharpen one another, as the Bible says, when we rub shoulders against one another, when we do life together, when we share in one another's challenges, but also one another's victories, when we do life together, when we basically do church together, what's God's intent with that? Is that the world might look at us and they will see something of Jesus through not the individual, but through us together. Because the Bible says that each one of us as something of Jesus deposits something of himself in each one of us, a gift, a, a grace, a something of himself. And that when we get together as a body, together we represent something of him. So there's always this, this thing of we're doing this concert together. And there's a workshop that happens when we do life together. And there's these, these instances where we learn and where we get taught. But at the end of the day, God's heart and God's intent is that the world might look at us and they might see His Son through us, together. Another thing is this. The standard sometimes is so high. Me and Mark, we had a discussion the other day. A bunch of us is reading uh, Timothy, the book of Timothy, and 1 Timothy. And 1 Timothy 2 or 3 he lists the requirements for eldership. And you, when you look at that thing, it's tough. I mean, if you look at that just, you know, a one line or one line, it, <coughs> the standard is very high. This, if you want to call it a standard, uh, it's actually, it's actually, uh, uh, what did I say? I, I, I said the other day, it's not as much a standard. Huh? No, no, it's not a guideline. It is a, but a standard sounds so very much like a tick box. You know, it sounds so very much like you know God will, will look at me and then He says, oh yeah, no, you need to miss that, you need to miss that, and it is that. But in the same breath, it's also not that. There's something about God's heart for the church, for those that we shepherd, for those that we lead, that loves you so much, and He says, listen, I want to make sure. That what I give through, that what is being represented through leadership and through people is being represented well. So that the shepherding that is happening happens well. So it is actually not a, a tick box in terms of a standard that you need to be, but it's more something of a heart. It's something of a character of a heart. So 
it me- doesn't mean that when I'm an elder now I'm perfect and that you know that I've got all the tick boxes you know I can untick some of the boxes very easily I can untick one of the boxes you must not one of the tick boxes you must not be given too much wine now there was a stage in my life where I was given too much wine now that is a tick box that I can tick now as an elder and I can say no Lord I am not given too much I, I don't drink anything at all but it's going to take one Saturday evening for me to untick that box <coughs> very easy so it looks if, if, it sounds tough it sounds difficult but the heart of that is is God's heart for the church and the people and those that we shepherd so coming back to the, the example that we've been talking about is this concert that was happening. I think there's sometimes, and that's what it was so evident to me, and I wish I could show you, it was so amazing. They had 25 to 30 kids there that they trained in just four days. But the amount of unity that the kids were, they were, they were able to bring through was absolutely amazing. The kid, there wasn't, it wasn't like synchronized swimming type of synchronization, but there was everybody knew exactly what they had to do. There was one where, where, where they all had to give one another an opportunity to come to the front line, and then they had to do something. Linka did a handstand, that was her job, and the whole thing. But the, the, the amount of synchronization is absolutely amazing. And I was looking at that, and I just heard the Lord say, they will never have been able to do that on their own. It was so beautiful here on the side, not on the stage, because there they came that time where they had to do it on their own, but here by the side, the teacher was there. <laughs> yeah. It was absolutely amazing to see, but, and, and the attention that was given to this teacher, and that was standing here with the ballet teacher. And what was, what, what it showed me in the church is often what happens and also a misunderstood role of eldership a lot of times is that often people look at eldership and there's something about I have to do the concert now, I have to do my role, I have to do the dancing and then there's something, this expectation sometimes that now I need someone to come and lift my foot and put it at the right place and lift my foot and put it at the, wrong, at the right place which is actually not God's heart and God's design God's design is, is that together, we read it in Ephesians. I want to quickly read you this. Ephesians 4. Let's read it together. No, I'm, I'll, I'll read in English for the guys and the Afrikaans guys, you can follow there. Ephesians 4 says this, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for the works of service. Now when does that happen? In the workshop, during the four days of training, you equip and you train and you teach. It happens on a Sunday morning when we teach and when we talk about it. So there have been people being given to us to help us and teach us and train us. For works of good service. And, and that, there's the, where the popo hits the fan. Who does the works of the good service? Those that you train. You do the concert. 
I do the con well, in, 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 in our terms, I'm doing the concert with you. It's not like I'm standing there and looking at you guys. Oh, you look marked on what concert. <clears throat> so now why are we doing it together? But the whole point of our worship, the whole point of teachers and pastors and apostles is to train and equip. For at some point, you are going to do the concert on your own. You are going to have to do the moves. The responsibility, and Clarence said it three weeks ago, you are responsible for your own growth. There's a certain job, job, call it that, a purpose, rather not, let's stick to the biblical terms. There's a certain purpose that God has for your life. And I can't come and walk out your life for you. I can't go and speak to the people that you know to speak to you and lead them towards Christ and lead them to Christ. That's not, I can't do that for you. You need to do the moves on your own at some point during this whole thing. And that is something that was, that was beautiful. And it's, it's, this, it's this, this, this partnership almost between leadership, the teacher that was there, teaching the kids for the four days, and at some point, now the kids are on the stage, and now they have to do their thing. And they need to strut their stuff and do it at the right times, do the synchronization. But still with their eye on the teacher, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? And almost from a distance there, tweaking. No, 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 you can't do it. And that's very much the picture about church. Is that we still need to go and do what we need to do, what God has called you to do. I can't go and do what God has called you to do. And so what happens is we often get to a place where we, we become Sunday Christians. We come and listen to a service. And it's almost a service becomes a service. I come to serve you with the word. That was lacquer. And I go home. I got my fill. And then next Sunday again we come to the service and I come to serve you again. Ooh, that was lacquer for me. And you come and you learn great stuff and you learn and you learn and you learn and you learn. But you never get to the place where you actually go to the concert. And you get to use the things that you've learned. Because God's heart, God's heart is that no one should get lost. But everybody should get saved. John 3 verse 16. Jesus' instruction is go out into all the nations and teach them. The same things that you were taught. Because God's heart is to make the servant bigger. He wants a big concert. He wants everybody to be there. He wants everybody to be there. And I think that's something that often gets... Um, yeah. I think that's something that often... We get into a bit of a comfort zone. We get in a mode from Sunday to Sunday. When we come here, we listen, we participate. We participate in the worship and we grow. And if I had this two weeks ago as well, when we asked us, who's, who's, who's busy? But this year, no time's busy. I'm not going to go out and say, why are you working, mate? But we have to get to this place where we say, why is God working in me? What is the purpose of God working in me? What is His intent? Why is He working in me? Where is all of this going? Where is all of this leading towards? 
And there's two things that I want to... The f- first, I want to just end off Ephesians. It's just the last part of Ephesians. I love this last part of Ephesians. Um, it starts off where it says that leaders, prophets and preachers and teachers and well, pastors and, uh, and, uh, and the gifts are given so that we can learn and that we can be trained. And then it says that last bit. I love that last bit where he says in Ephesians, um, So there is something about at some point the teachers and the preachers and the pastors and all of those guys that God has placed in your life. They start taking a step back. And at some point, it is the body of believers that builds into one another. At some point, it is the body of believers that starts stepping up and stepping into the role that God has chosen all of us. And it says in verse 16, then the body starts growing. Only then starts the body growing. I can preach my best preachers every Sunday morning. You can learn and you can be taught as well as I can. You can be as equipped as you can. But until the point when the body starts rising and fulfilling their position that I cannot fill, only the position that you can fill, then there's growth in the body. Then there's growth in the body. And it says there, that last verse says, uh, as everyone fulfills their function, as everyone is doing their part within this church body, in this concept that we're busy with, each one, in that way, then the body gets built up. And we can do a lot more together instead of just having one elder or one this so there's a role of eldership and there's a role of leadership but the role of leadership and eldership and, 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 and the fivefold giftings can never replace your role it can never replace or be a substitute for what God has chosen you to do because you were chosen for that and I want to encourage us this morning to ask the Lord Lord what is my role what is my position? What is it that you have for me in this concept? And I want to end off. I'm going to do it again. I'm really going to do this stick to 25 minutes. I'm so, I'm really good, doing well at this, man. I've got three minutes. I'm going to get a clap. Yeah, that's There's two reasons. There's two reasons. Oh, I already said the one reason. I just quickly want to run off my notes here. There were some notes that I made, Jeb, and I completely went off my notes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to go into it. I'm going to end it off. I'm going to end it off. And that's, that's the biggest thing that sometimes also gets us. When it comes to purpose... And when it comes to God's plans for my life. And that's something each one of us at some point have to deal with. We have to deal with it with, 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 with the Lord. I remember reading books. <clears throat> I'm not going to say who the authors are and what books it is. But I used to, when I was a young Christian, I used to love reading books about God's purposes and plans for my life. There was something that it stirred something in me. And it's good to do that. It's good to read up on that. But what is happening all the more in today's culture and in today's church, it very much starts revolving around that person. Your purpose. 
It's almost, you know, that one where the Americans had that signage where the army is. It's your country needs you. And then you always want to ask, well, what's the emphasis? Is it the country that needs? Is it the country that needs? Or the country that needs you? And that's something that is happening all the more in church. Is it, It's about my purpose and my calling you. What is my calling? And there's something about the my and the I and the me that becomes so important. And that was what's beautiful about their concert that they had on, 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 on Friday. <clears throat> they looked so beautiful together. That was, the, that was the thing that stood out the most to me. Even with my own daughter there, there was something of me that wasn't able to just focus on the leader that was there. Where it is normally as a, as a, as a parent, that's where you, you think it's your favorite. I even saw the only videos, the one that I wanted to show you, normally we would zoom into your own kid and then forget for the undercurrents and kind of like that what they are doing. But there was something beautiful about what the, the, what the teachers were able to do with these kids in this concert. And it was what they were doing together that was so beautiful. It wasn't about the I or the one person. And that's something that is a problem these days in, in church. Because we're getting a lot of perspective when you go on YouTube, when you go on a lot of the churches out there, it's a lot about us, me, myself and I. What's my purpose and my body, my plan and my destiny? That's the other word. Because we've been raised, I'm looking at fiat, we've been raised in a, in, a, in, a, in a culture of superheroes. Everybody wants to be a superhero. Everybody wants to be that. Where everybody looks at it and says, And I think there's one thing that I've learned in this three years of planting church and actually leading the church. It's all about the people that's sitting on the opposite side. You, you, you give up. You sacrifice. It's your time. It's everything. You, you lie to yourself, like it's not my own time, it's not for me, it's not for myself, it's not for, I mean, they, they, when, I, when I grew up, to be the person with the microphone, to be the person that everybody's looking at, I thought that was it, that was the purpose, that was the plan. And I think once we started doing it and we started really seeing what it means to lay down your life, it's ours. Of people in your home, it's hours of doing something that you will not probably have done if you had the choice to do that. And you sacrifice that because it's for the people that you're doing that. And so what I've learned is, is this process, this concept, this life that God is preparing us, this calling, this purpose, this, this show that we're doing. If there is a part of you that is still doing it, a little bit of a part of you that's doing it for me, you're going to struggle. It's going to be difficult for you. And I want to encourage you to that today, this morning. If you want to partake in this concert that Jesus has put you in this church for, I want to encourage you. Be honest firstly with yourself and with the Lord and say, Lord, I think there's a part of me that is actually, because I can't wait to come and lead worship. I can't wait to come and sometimes just do a preach. I can't wait to come and bring my testimony. I can't wait to do this or lead the common group or whatever you have in your heart. 
I want to encourage you, ask the Lord, Lord Jesus, where is my focus? Because the Bible says, and that was something that was beautiful, and that is really the last sentence that I'm going to say. You know what the beautiful thing was? Was when Linka came running to us after the concert. She came running to us and she gave us this big hug. I gave her this hug and I said, Because it was beautiful what we saw. But there was something about coming back to our Father, and that's what we want about all of us. If we do this thing, not for ourselves, but for the glory of our Father, and that one day, and that day can be today, there's a song that goes like that, one day, but that day can be today. If you die today, and that's it for you, the Father's going to stand there, you're going to go running to Him and say, Lord, I did this for you. That's my heart for each one of us, is that we realize that in this life, doing church together, being trained, being equipped, reaching the nations, going out there, preaching, teaching, prophesying, leading worship, doing the AV, kids church, all of this, is so that one day we can run to the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, I did this for you. Because I love you so much. I want to glorify you with my life. I want to all the shine. When Wilmarie said, said this always very famously, our life should be this. Was it the schoon 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 markers? Yes. I do the polish and I'm the one who gets the shine. That's what our life should do. I would love to polish your shoes. I don't want the shine. I polish the shoes so that others can get the shine. And that's what it means in church as well. I polish, others get the shine. We polish, Jesus gets the shine one day. And that's our heart. So yeah, let's pray together. Father God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your plans and your purposes for each one of our lives. And thank you, Lord, that this morning there's also a part of you that can actually confirm, yes, you have plans. You have purpose. There is destiny on our lives. There is an inheritance for each one of us in heaven, Lord. You don't deny that. But Lord, I pray that this morning, Lord Jesus, something on in us, Lord, will partake in this concept for the glory of Jesus Christ, firstly. That our emphasis, and if it's not there now, if it's not there yet, help us, Lord Jesus, show up our hearts. Where is my focus? Is it on me or is it on Jesus? And so that we can be honest with you and be honest with ourselves in this and say, Jesus, I need you to change my heart on this. I need your help in this. And then, Lord Jesus, I want to pray, Lord. The second prayer that I want to pray, Lord, is for us as a body. For each person that's sitting here, Lord. If you've got our intentions right, Lord, but once you get our intentions right, then we're no longer doing it for ourselves, but you're doing it for the glory of Jesus and one another. I pray, Father, that we will move into a season as a body in Joshua Chabot, where we will do this concert, Lord Jesus, so that many might be, would look at us and see Jesus, something of Jesus, when they look at us. I pray, Lord Jesus, that this body, this specific body in Joshua Chabot, Lord Jesus, not because of anything, but 
because of your faithfulness and your glory, Lord, that when the rest of Krabo looks at us, they will say, Yo, there is something different about these people. They look different. There's something that comes from them, a love that comes from them, a passion that comes from them, a zeal for Jesus that comes from them that I've never seen before. And that it will represent something of Jesus. It will reflect something of Jesus to Krabo. And that that, Lord Jesus, will pull them towards you. That that Jesus will win their hearts for you. And we pray that in Jesus' name, Lord, because that won't happen on a Sunday morning. The world is not going to see us on a Sunday morning except if we invite the whole world to us. It's actually, Lord Jesus, from Monday to Saturday when we get to reflect you as a church. It's when we get together in spa and have a lack of chat and people see us talking with one another. Giving one another love, supporting one another when there's need, praying for one another in our homes, gathering as much as we can, eating together. Acts 2.42, devoting our lives. And then the world look at us and say, there's something different about this And you get the glory for it. We pray that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We also pray, Lord Jesus, just for the rest of this week. We pray, Lord Jesus, for uh, all the illness as well, Lord. I know there's a lot of us, Lord Jesus, that's struggling with illness. I pray, Lord, that you will just be with each one of us. Those that still traveling, Lord, those that are about to travel, Lord Jesus, bless them. Bless them and keep them in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We did it again. Another church service that was in an hour. I, don't, I can't believe we did it again.